Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 544. I'm in the car with Matt Myra right now. Maybe turn the air conditioning off. It's 97 degrees. That's literal 97 degrees. Well... It was 104. I've never heard anyone say figurative 97 degrees. Well, what about the band 98 degrees? Well, they were literal and figurative 98 degrees. Um, but another one like that. Now you're just talking about the temperature. Yeah. I swear. You know? It is really fucking hot in this car. Because I swear. I'm making it longer uh. to choke you out. <laughs> Matt Myra. <laughs> Beads of sweat are pooling on your forehead now. Uh, yeah. Almost. Really Wipe good. it off with your Dodgers cap. You got uh, a wait. Red Sox cap in the back seat that's waiting to get filled with your sweat. Don't that. forget. Yeah, I swear. Oh, God. It's getting hotter in this fucking car. All right, now I'm starting to suffer. It's three hours of this so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, if you want more of this, <laughs> come see us at the Nerdist Podcast Live at San Diego Comic Con. We added a second show. The Thank other you. ones are sold out. 7.30 p.m. There are tickets available Saturday, July 26th. Um, that is uh, coming up pretty soon. Coming up pretty soon. I'd like to thank for sponsoring this episode of the World of the, the Nerds Podcast, World of Tanks Blitz. World of Tanks Blitz! It's a mobile version of the award-winning MMO action game, which, by the way, has 85 million people worldwide. Uh, draws inspiration from the PC version. World of Tanks is built specifically for optimal online mobile gameplay, and it's currently available on iPhone and iPad. Uh, the reviews are great. It's a four and a half out of five stars in the App Store. That's almost the most stars you can get. That's almost the most stars you can get. There's an impressive roster of over 90 massive tanks. Short action pack, 7 versus 7 tank battles, stunning graphics. Whoa, I can have 14 people battling in tanks? Matt? On a phone? You sure listen good. Uh, if you would like to test it out, go to wotblitz.com slash nerdist. That's w-o-t-b-l-i-t-z dot com slash nerdist uh, to try it out. And uh, it's out now. It's already launched. So uh, what are you waiting for? I mean, until after it. this podcast. Get it. Um, so no, you can play it while you're listening. Yeah, you could. Podcast. Yeah, you really could. Do both. So that's World of Tanks Blitz. Available right now. Thanks for sponsoring this episode of Nerds Podcast, which is uh, Jessica Chobot. Ah, uh, Choby. Chobot. My dear friend I, uh, from I the G4 this one. days. I'm sorry. I know you were you were writing you were writing stuff for a, another TV show uh, <laughs> that I work on. Um, Chobot's promoting Nerdist News, which you should totally watch. Go to Nerdist.com. It's five days a week. She's fantastic. If you miss G4 at all, uh, gives you a nice sliver of that. And um, also, she has a new podcast, which was originally called Spooky Shit, but they just changed the name to Bizarre States because maybe having shit in the title of your podcast is not so great for uh, iTunes and whatnot. So uh, it's called Bizarre States, and uh, it's great. So here we go. Uh, Jessica's super cool, and um, I also adore her husband, uh, Blair Herder, who's a wonderful man, who does make somewhat of a cameo uh, in this oh, podcast. So listen for it. How'd that happen? Uh, I don't want to know. Don't spoil it. All right. Just let them listen. Here we go. The Nerds Podcast number 544 with Jessica Chobot. Air conditioning. No, don't turn it on. Oh, 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 I was such a fool. Oh, that's real nice. Uh... Now entering 
nerdist.com. mommy brain right now i always have mommy brain it's like a never-ending it's a curse i never had very good memory to start off with and it is just really taking a dive after the kid okay so you don't have to tilt your head well this chair is a little higher up this one's kind of nice how do we sound katie great jessica chobot put this here so that it doesn't rattle on the table it's professionalism. Most of Nerdist News. Let me make sure that I actually have it on silent. Yes. Um, silent but deadly. So you, uh, <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere. That I just wanted to have a, like a, a. You kind of need in order to activate a joke. Sometimes you need mm-hmm. a, you need a segue that doesn't go anywhere. So I would have to say like, oh, I took a shower today. So what is your? Uh, <laughs> and then I'm not really. I don't have anywhere to go with that. It's just a throw out. It's just yeah. It's basically you just need a, a little chaff at the end. To activate the joke like in, a, in a weird way. How's Blair Herter, first of all? Because your husband is a wonderful man. And he's good. He actually just had his birthday on Monday. He did? Yeah. He's yeah. all of... The fuck? 30-something? Yeah. He's in there somewhere. He's good. <laughs> you just mouthed, I don't know. You could look your husband up on IMDb. It? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? He's not going to listen. Yeah, he will. Oh, shit. shit. Chris, God damn it, you just got me divorced. Look him up. He's, if he's going to divorce you because you don't know how I old he is. I want to say 34. Is he 34? I'm going to say 34. Katie Levine's looking it up. Well, we went to Raging Waters for his birthday. It was actually really awesome. I haven't been to a actually, water... Of course it's awesome. Well, no, I haven't... Yeah! See, I knew. I just nice. got scared. Um, I have not been to a water park since I lived in Michigan. We used to go to like Wisconsin... Like Noah's Ark and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. So uh, what was that? Wisconsin Dells. It's like a whole city dedicated to water parks. It is the best shit ever. I went to a water park with a bunch of businessmen peeing on me. So you have a new... I got it. I got it. I'm learning. Um, what, so I don't really know that... I mean, I, I know... I mean, I knew you from G4, mm-hmm. but not well. Mm-hmm. And I know you had a history with IGN and G4 mm-hmm. and all, all sorts of stuff. But where are you from... <laughs> Uh, kind of all over East Coast, Midwest, pretty much like Buffalo, New York, basically all the cold places you don't want to live because it's freezing there. Oh, your parents were ice chasers. Uh, well, dad dad worked in cars and so that just eventually ended up in Detroit. We never went too far from the Canadian border. So except for one time we ended up moving to Virginia of all places, but then, uh, most of it's been like Buffalo, New York, Michigan, Chicago, I went to school in Ohio, um, moved out here, mm-hmm. and that's been it. And how long have you been out here? I've been out here for about seven years. Seven years? Yeah, I think we're going on seven years now. And yeah. so how did you get hooked up with G4? Um, G4 was, it kind of was just like, out of the blue, random. I had run into Erica at an event once, and she said, oh, let's get in contact with me. We're always looking Erica for Lewis, one Erica of the big, Lewis. Yeah, one of the... And, I mean, some, you know, at that point, G4 had known me from just IGN, because mm-hmm. a lot of times they would call for people to be guests on Attack of the Show or, or um, X-Play, and so we'd come on, you know, like, correspondent IGN yeah. person. And uh, so that was a little bit of that. And then uh, I ran into Eric Lewis and at the same time was dating Blair. And so I started hanging out with 
everybody at G4 because through Blair and became friends with them. And then at the time I was living in San Francisco, Blair lived in LA. So we were having basically, you know, I guess you'd call it a long distance relationship. It was not terrible because we'd always run into each other at the same events sure. and we're only, you know, an hour and a half flight away. But, um, you know, eventually we knew we wanted to get married and, and all that jazz and make it legal, I guess. And so uh, I actually didn't want to get married. <laughs> I wanted to keep it. Now see, that's why he might leave you. <laughs> yeah. No, he knows. Okay. But um, and it was the best decision I ever made to get married. So, you know, I started hitting up G4 for more work because I wanted to move back down to L.A. so that we could be together and move in together. And that's nice. Get married. Now, I know I told you this story, but just as listeners don't know, mm-hmm. that I technically feel that you you've kind of owe me your family because it's because of me oh yeah what was that what was the connection again here's the story mm-hmm. i enjoy the story because a family emerged from it how was right. this I know your you husband told me. and your child now i don't mean to sound like rumpled stiltskin but you owe them to me <laughs> uh, well we're hitting terrible too so you're more than effing welcome to have him i'll just take blair you keep the uh, baby. um <laughs> so uh the story is that a handful of years ago, what year was it that you and Blair met? Around 08? Something like that, okay. yeah. So I was, I, was, had, I was at Attack at the show for just about a year, maybe a little less than a year. And then I get this call to um, host a series of events based around oh, the tequila. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where basically the idea was you and a co-host will go around to all these bars and, play, and do bar games based on a tequila uh, you know, sponsored by, you know, like you could yeah. show up in a bar somewhere in the middle of the country and be like, hey, we're going to play some games here at the bar, which people love to do at bars. They yeah. love when all the action is halted and they have to focus on something. Um, sponsored by whatever it is. I don't remember what the... It was Jose Cuervo. Jose Cuervo. Okay. I, if I had just thrown out any tequila, it probably would have been that one. But it's been a long time. So I said, uh, my, my response was, I cannot do that because I feel weird about it because I'm a sober person. Mm-hmm. And so I feel weird working for a liquor company. <laughs> so you volunteer and Blair. <laughs> going, to, going to bars. Yeah. So I, you know, I can't, I can't do it. And so, um, uh, and then so, so Blair ended up doing it. Mm-hmm. And Blair, is, that's where Blair met you. Yeah. And you guys started up a thing. Yeah, we... we so that's my baby. It is your baby. No. Um, but, but, but that's... But th- so that's... I do have to claim some responsibility you, for It's you totally guys. true. It's totally true. You were the butterfly that, f- that flapped its wings and caused a tornado. I did. It happened over in Michigan, apparently. It was really weird. Uh, when I first met Blair... Um, so we went on that thing, and uh, I was like, oh, here's a nice guy, and I instantly didn't like him because he was such a nice guy because I automatically suspect people that are too nice sure. straight out the gate. I'm like, oh, what's your angle? Like, nobody's this nice. This is irritating. That's just my really sunny outlook on life. Yeah. And uh, But he was persistent and eventually wore me down. I think it was he ended up... Um, do you hold up a, a boombox outside your bedroom window? Uh, no, well, he kind of coat? he kind of would say things like, "Oh, is this, this is so inappropriate," but he would say things like, "I'm gonna fuck you," <laughs> and I'd be like, "And I'd be like, no, you're not." And he's like, "Yeah, I totally am." I'm like, "Whatever, dude. You you know, you, not in a million years. Like, you're not that special." And blah blah blah. And we'd go back and forth like that all the time. Not in a million years, like a month. Like, it took longer than a month. Okay, all it right. took longer than a month. We were actually at the time. Well, he was just blowing his seed in the wind constantly, but I was actually dating a guy. 
And so I didn't want to cheat on this guy. Cause... I never thought to jerk off into the wind. That's such a great idea. Just as long as you're faced the right way. You want the tailwind. You, you don't want, want the, the Yeah, you don't want it bouncing back. So he was just doing his thing. I was totally just in a relationship, but I knew I was on my way out. I didn't know if I wanted to date again, blah, 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 blah. And so then he just kept on like persisting and persisting and persisting. So we, we actually didn't officially start dating until I split up with the other guy. Very respectful. Yeah. But, um, and that was like the first time I actually felt like an adult. Like in a relationship, I sat the guy down. I was like, listen, I don't mean to be a dick. I've fallen in love with somebody. I'm sorry it's not you, but I think this, this is over. I'd love to stay, you know, acquaintances or friends or just be on a friendly level, but that's the situation. And just so you know, I didn't cheat on you, but I'm going to have to say goodbye. Like, it was so mature. It was so mature. And he literally was like, oh, well, that sucks, but I understand. And it wow. was like, yeah. And we actually still talk. Like, we still, like, I run into him sometimes, and we're still totally cool. Well, I remember when I turned down the job, I said, there's the alcohol thing because I'm sober, but I feel cosmically like there's a greater reason. I feel like somehow (laughs) alcohol is going to make a baby and not in the typical (laughs) way. It's going to be in a very circuitous way. It's a very circuitous way. But then ultimately that's what's, you know, that's what's destined to happen. So I really felt at the time like I was making an important choice. Mm-hmm. So um, The Herder family name lives on due to you. I know. I know. Well, I was tired of standing down wind from Blair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, guys. That was a good joke. Yeah, he used to bang tons of girls on that during that event. And I would, and we would know, I, I mean, I didn't have problem with it because I wasn't dating him and I wasn't really terribly interested. And then finally one day I was just like, you know what? Fine. We are going to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to prove to you, mister, that you made the right decision. So, yeah. So that's where we are now. Good. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Yep. And now uh, one baby later. Yeah. So you uh, must be anxious to have like four, five, six more, right? Hells no. I actually had a really hard time with having the baby. Combination of just stress in general. Well, one, just the changes in, in general. Like, I just wasn't... I don't want to say I wasn't prepared, but I didn't expect to, like, I never, everybody's like, oh, baby, and they're rubbing their tummies, and, and I never had any of that. I wasn't like, oh, I can't, I, I never talked to him that much. I mean, I would occasionally, but not really, and I never, I felt like kind of a disconnect. Yeah, well, the major pregnant. change being that a human being shoots out of your pussy. I mean, like, that's the, well, probably the biggest. Well, mine did not shoot out of my pussy. Mine was actually torn from me from my womb through no. an incision. No. Yes, and that was terrifying. That is easily the scariest thing I'd ever done. In fact, it got to the point where the, uh, where the anesthesiologist, because you're awake, but the anesthesiologist is like, you cool? And I'm like, no, I'm not fucking cool. Just crank it. And he's like, I'm going to give you a little bit more. You're a little stressed. I'm like, ah. Does it, does it help? It did. Don't they no. have to lift your organs out and then get to the baby and then put your organs back I in? I don't know. I've heard that. So for one, I can't see anything. There's a sheep there. It's probably better. I've been told they don't. They actually just move them aside oh, and then pull the, the baby out okay. and then put well, the organs know, back. A, yeah. But I've also had people say, oh, they take them out and put them on a the table and take your baby and then put <laughs> yeah. it back in. At one point, and I hope he's joking, but my doctor, who we became friends with, was like, I've got my hand on your aorta. I'm, like, squeezing your heart muscle. Can you feel it? I'm like, no, I can't. Fucking stop talking to me. And uh, Not a good time for levity. Yeah. Not a good time for a a heart squeezing joke. He's like, what kind of music you want to listen to? I'm like, shut the fuck up. That's 
that's what I want us to do. And uh, yeah, so I didn't have a good time as far as like the whole lovey-dovey mother thing has been really hard. I didn't really start getting hardcore into it like until he turned six months. <laughs> no, but I'm serious because up until that point, he's just this blob, this needy blob that I mean, at one point, no shit, Chris. There was a time, so, you know, to go back to what I was kind of talking about before, G4 goes under, you know, we just bought a house, we spent all our money on a down payment, you know, IGN, I leave, I'm back, you know, now I've just had this baby, I'm feeling fat, I have cankles, like, everything's awful, I've got this little baby that I don't know how to take care of, I'm feeling really fucked up. Blair just started a new job, so he's never home to help, not on purpose, he just has to be at work, so it's literally just me and this baby in pain, in this house for like months. And at one point I remember, um, Blair had texted me something and I was like in a cranky mood. So I texted him something shitty back. So then I started getting all these crazy texts in return. And at the same time that that was happening, no joke. Cause you never know what was going to happen. But I started my period. And at the same time that that was happening. So I'm literally standing at the changing table. My baby's on the changing table and he shits into both my hands. So the phone's going berserk. My husband's, like, getting mad that I'm, like, not answering him because he thinks I'm mad at him. I've got baby shit in both my hands, and then I'm bleeding all over the floor and down my leg. And I was like, fuck this shit. (laughs) Fuck all of this. Fuck y'all. I just put the baby in the crib. I scraped my hands off, and I just sat (laughs) in a corner and bled out and cried for like hours and i was like i hate this teach and then children yeah nobody tells you this shit though nobody tells you everybody's like oh it's gonna be so wonderful and it's like (laughs) you weren't expecting shit hands and period feet no no i was not but now once he turned six months and he stopped being this like amorphous blob Mm -hmm. and started like smiling and laughing and being awesome it was it's like really really cool now and each month he gets better until he probably turns 13 and then it's gonna suck again until he turns hopefully hopefully it won't be too bad how are you texting with shit hands Oh, well, at that point, I had given it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, no. Because that's the one thing that you always keep in the back of your mind. I don't want to ruin my device. (laughs) No, you don't want to ruin your device. No matter how fucked up your life's going on right then, you're just like, I'm not touching that because I don't want to ruin my device. And of course, Blair's probably thinking like, oh, she's mad. She's not responding. The the thought is never crossing his mind like her hands are full of poop and she's standing in a pool of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Vaginal blood. Yeah. It's not. None of that probably crossed his mind. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I'm not in any hurry. Maybe we'll have one more i don't know we'll see i right now i just want to enjoy just actually enjoying my kid it's funny to hear you talk about that part of it i'm sure it's not fun to go through but i think it's fun for people who might be suffering from like um like you know like a, a depression or, or po- and like why isn't it this thing that everyone's oh, yeah. supposed to be so and been realizing like no these are the real actual human things that people have to go through oh yeah totally but some people really do love it I think absolutely some people do love and it, i was so. very and i'm very to this day very jealous of those people i'm very disappointed that i spent the first six months feeling the way that i did but there was nothing that i could do i mean i went to therapy i tried to go i did the postpartum therapy and all of it and now i'm fine but you know, the lack of sleep and not the additional stresses that were happening on and going on in our life and all that jazz. It was just like, this sucks. Like, that's it. Plain and simple. I just couldn't couldn't change it up. So how did you guys keep it? How did you keep everything okay? Was it just because, well, we got it. We have to. You just have to. There's an in, there is, I think, some sort of instinct that keeps you from i mean obviously there's in the really bad cases it it fails and so if you're that miserable you should definitely 
check yourself into something or something. But um, there, for me, there was always an instinct to just get through it. Like, I just got to get through it. I just got to, you know, like, don't hurt the baby. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt your husband. Just keep <laughs> your head down. Barrel through this. It's going to get better. You know, and I'd call my mom or I'd call my grandmother or whatever. Or I'd call my therapist and they'd be like, just, it's fine. You just got to get through this through this a little bit. And it did. It started turning around. A big part of it, oddly enough, and this is not to blow smoke up your ass, is when I started working for Nerdist yeah. because it gave me – a. It, it reminded me – that, you know, I love work. I don't, I think I'd go crazy if I wasn't working. And it reminded me that, okay, you, you can always go back to your job just because you're never going to be, I think my knee jerk reaction is always to be fearful of being that like stay at home mom. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not my you cup of tea. Work. I like to work. And I was feeling really paranoid that maybe because of the way that things have happened with G4 and IGN and now being pregnant and having the baby, like I was going to be forced into that role just because that's how life worked out for me. And uh, so getting on board and actually working and doing other jobs finally after like about six months really set me in the right headspace. I, I do. I remember running into you before we hired you and you're like... I'll come do whatever. I just got to get out of the fucking yeah. house. I'm like, please, dude, anything. <laughs> I will fucking make your coffee. Just get me out of the goddamn house. I need like 10 minutes of just being an adult again, like my own <laughs> adult again. And uh, yeah, but so things have been really good. Well, you instantly like you're such the perfect choice for that show. It's so I mean, oh, thanks. It, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine anyone else doing it because it, it's. You know, you had all this experience and it just, you, you obviously had a lot of time to develop your voice, but Mm -hmm. you obviously came in, you obviously came in funny. Like you, what, what's your, what's your, what was your background? Like when, before you started doing IGN, what were you doing before? I was actually, uh, why I was actually working as a real estate secretary and also then quit that in a fit of quarter what i called my quarter life crisis mm-hmm. and then was a key holder at eb games <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i did i mean i graduated with a fine arts degree which gets you jack and shit in michigan mm-hmm. um and so then i was gonna go to school again while i was working as a secretary uh for a f- art education degree for secondary courses for that basically means like high school and up or middle school and up yeah and uh, so I was back in college. I had gotten married. So I'd been married before. Blair's not my first husband. Does he know this? He does. Okay, he good. does. And uh, hated, just didn't like being married. And, you know, I got married too young. I think it was that my parents actually have a great marriage. I've seen that growing up. They still love each other. It's their first marriage. It's, it's awesome. And I think that, you know, that and the white picket fence and that American dream and told as long as you keep going to school and getting good grades, there's going to be a job for you. And But by the time I got to that point, one, I chose not the wrong path, but a hard path to monetize in, an, in a real world scenario and as far as fine art. And uh, then on top of it, you know, I think I probably rushed into a marriage because I felt like that's what you're supposed to do. Once mm-hmm. you graduate college, you get married. And I really did love the guy, but, you know, it just was too young to be married. I would think I was like 25, 26, which I, I at the time felt and still feel was too young for me. So um, so then, yeah, I kind of said fuck it to all of that, quit school, got um, – well, I hadn't gotten a divorce yet, but I basically had moved down to our finished basement. We kind of lived two separate lifestyles. Got a job at EB Games, um, found out about E3 that year, made fake business cards 
and uh, fake pay stub and snuck into E3 and then ran into G4 and ran into IGN and kind of forced IGN to give me a job. And IGN offered and said, well, do you want to move? We need you to move out to California. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. They're like, but you're married. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) And and I told my husband at the time, I'm like, listen, at this point, the good thing was, it was a amicable divorce, you know, both sides. I think both of us were like, this isn't working. So I just told him, I'm like, listen, if you want to stay married, you know, if you force me to stay here, it's not going to work out. It's just not. If you give me the chance to leave, we'll see how we are in like four months if I miss you or not. And then I'll either move you out there because Michigan didn't have anything for him or we'll split. And so that's what we did. And four months in, I was just like, no, this is not, I don't miss you. I'm sorry. You know, like you're a great guy, but I don't miss you. And I think we should get a divorce. And we did. And that was it. I I just said, keep all your stuff. I'll just keep what I have out here. We won't, we don't have, we didn't have kids. So it wasn't messy. So it was a nice, even just split. And that was it. How long were you married? Well, I was married for about two and a half years, but we were had been together for probably about four or five, including the two years that we were together. Oh, okay. Two years that we were married. Okay. Yeah. So it was a decent relationship. Yeah. Length of time, I guess. So it wasn't like a rush job or well, anything. Well, how long were you guys living separately, basically? Um, just the four months when I had moved out. No, I mean to... like when you were living in the basement. Oh, no. We were... Uh, we... Oh, for that, probably like the last year. Or a year and a half. So by that point, it was like... It's, pretty, it's a pretty fuzzy... <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've mentally forgotten. No, it'll come out yeah. later somehow. But no, probably like a year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. are you... And were you playing video games this entire time? Oh, yeah. I've been playing video games since Atari 2600 days. So I went through a phase. I went through hardcore, like growing up kid, play Atari, NES, SNES. Um, the big reason I think that I got so into it was my dad traveled a lot for work. And so I, when he would come home, he would play video games with us. And it was like a big deal, not just because dad's hanging out with us, which who we very rarely got because he was always gone, but also dad's hanging out with us doing things that we thought were cool, not mm-hmm. just what the adults thought were cool. He thought that what we were doing was awesome. So that made it extra special. So then I got really kind of involved in games that way and uh, definitely had friends because they had Segas or NESs. That was the only reason they were my friends. I'm like, let's go play on, you know, I think I, think I remember Chivalry on a Macintosh that my friend had. And I was like, we're going to play Chivalry. She's like, now I want to play Barbies. I'm like, oh. Fine, let's play Barbies for like 10 minutes and then can we play Chivalry? You know, like, she'd be like, my brother plays it all the time. I'm like, God, I wish your brother was my friend. And, um, so that was kind of what we did there. And then when I hit um, high sc- mid, mid, mid high school to about early college, I kind of stopped playing games. Um, it just fell off the map. You know, I have no reason why. I turned goth. That was oh, part of the reason. I saw the picture. Oh, yeah. The picture was great. Oh, that's not even half of it. I feel like we should put one of those pictures up on, the po- on this post. Would you, would you yeah, be willing I'll send to do it. that? Okay. Yeah. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Well, there's only that one in existence because my mom threatened to keep them all, and I found the stash and tore them all up so she couldn't use it as blackmail, but I did keep one for posterity, and that's the one. Oh, goth pictures. The blackest blackmail. Oh, it is. It is. (laughs) Yeah, Ah. it is exactly that. And uh, But no, I'm like, whatever. It was awesome. Um, So then I kind of got all goth and weird, and well, I did get into vampire the masquerade larping mm-hmm. and uh a little bit of the tabletop but most of the live action and then um that 
then the how I got back into games was with Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I went home for Christmas and my brother had an N64 and he had gotten Legend of Zelda for Christmas. Yeah. And so I just pretty much commandeered that and played it the entire Christmas break to the point where I got in some serious trouble by my parents. Because uh, I was not, out? yeah, I was not doing the fam jam. Yeah, so but didn't they know what you, the, the game you were playing was really fun? No, and I kept trying. My dad was a little bit more sympathetic because my dad actually does play video games, and so my dad was, you know, he in between my bouts of ocarina, he'd be like, "You want to play some Golden Eye? Your mom's not here." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, dad, let's get on it." And so, uh, and then the Star uh, Star Wars game, but I can't remember which one. Pa, yeah. I think that's the one. So he would play that, and then we would fight over Ocarina and Star Wars because he wanted to get on the Star Wars. And then the uh, bridge of that gap would be Goldeneye. And uh, so he was more sympathetic, but my mom was absolutely pissed. And my grandmother was very hurt. Very, I'm sure you very heard all hurt. about it. Yes, I heard plenty about it. <laughs> and then from there, though, that kind of kick-started my obsession with gaming again and... And that was kind of where I started getting really, really into it all, all over again. The best, the best, actually. So my first husband, don't ever do this to your girlfriends or wives, guys, because this is bad news. My first husband had said to me, what do you want for Valentine's Day? And I'm like, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what do you want? He's like, well, I was, I'll be honest. If you got me this golf club, which was like this really expensive golf club, he's like, I, I wouldn't be upset. And I'm like all right, I'll get you that golf club if you get me a PlayStation. And he's like, okay, deal. And I'm like, because you know, at that point, there's not really surprises. You're married, whatever. You want to get what you want to get. So I'm like, okay, sweet. Well, I get the golf club. I give it to him. He's like, thank you so much. I love you, He gives me a bag of Godiva chocolates and a white teddy from Victoria's Secrets. Well, like, you should This is bullshit. And I made him take it back. This is, you should have just left him right there. I know. Well, that was the first, like, major, major red, red To be flag. fair, maybe in his mind, uh, a white teddy was his definition of a PlayStation. Well, if for him, yeah. But for <laughs> me, no. And I, so I was super, super pissed. I made him take it back and we got my PlayStation that day. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even listen to you. So angry. Well, he, and yeah, he didn't, which was, that's was kind of the ongoing theme. So, yeah, that, well, that's... He's Husbands, no longer. Get your wife a PlayStation. If she asks if for a PlayStation. She's going to leave you. Yes. Don't. That's so fucked up. You gave him a present for him and he gave you a present for him. Exactly. Exactly. So there's that's, a reason why there was a divorce. That's bullshit. Listen to your significant <laughs> others. Don't be, don't be a creepy stalker, but take notes. Take mental notes. Oh, yeah. What, what do they do during the day? What types of things are they interested in? If they blatantly say they want an Xbox One or a PS4, maybe that's your hint. That's that another you clue. Should get an that's Xbox another One clue that might hold the key to something that they would enjoy. That tight vagina that hasn't been ruined by popping out a kid yet. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> if you get the PlayStation, you'll get more of that. More so of that. Even if it's a selfish reason. <laughs> <laughs> if you get an Xbox One and a PS4, maybe you'll get anal. Who's wait, to wait, say? What? what? Who's to say? What? <laughs> PS4 play. Come on. Sorry, I had to hop top. Nice. Cut. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, I did it the wrong way. PS4 play. So you once <laughs> told me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my. 
I don't even know what my opinions are on anal. Like, it's just it's more of a funny punchline than actual thing that I've ever really sat down and been like, oh, yeah, that. Mm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You once mentioned in passing. (laughs) That being said, I just want to clear the air. I have not done anal, and this is why. Because the guy that finally sticks it in your butt will always know that he was that guy that stuck it in your butt. But I feel and like I feel like that is not. I don't want that guy. But if you're married to someone, I mean, like it's okay to give that guy the distinction. I don't think so. Give I don't a, think Blair, so. I'm Blair, I'm Blair, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> so, I know right now your fingers he's are right crossed. Now he's like, come on, come on, please. I'll get her a PlayStation. I'll get her all the Playstations. <laughs> you got me the vagina, Chris. Give me the butt. <laughs> That'd be a weird text to get from Blair all of a sudden. Hey, bro, you got me the vagina. Give me the butt. Guess what I'm going to tell him to text you in about a year. I'm going to wait till you forget. I'm going to wait till you take forget. And then I'm just going to be like, hey, remember that time? Put it in your calendar right now, honey. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It just seems like it was, it's like an ego thing. I can't, I can't let somebody know that they had that one up on me. Right. Here's the deal. You want to stick it in my butt? Fine, but then I get to put on a strap on and stick it up in your butt. Okay. That's that's a fair trade. I feel like that's a fair trade. But then if the guy comes too hard, then you're like, oh, <laughs> we should have a discussion. Well, at that point, I'm like, listen, if this is what gets you off, me sticking it up your butt, then that's cool. Like, if that's what you want, fine. I don't care. Bla- Blair just... It's just, I'm not going to Blair be. just put his hand to his head and I'm like, god damn it, how much do I want this? <laughs> Or maybe he'd be like, finally! Yeah. I don't know Blair that well. I don't know Blair that well. Apparently, it, I don't either. <laughs> so what, once, you, once you've had a kid, what happens to... I mean, obviously, obviously I, I, sex evolves... Mm-hmm. I would assume. In a, well, you don't have to talk about it. I don't know if it evolves. I don't care. Oh, okay. I mean, everybody has sex. No, I know, but I mean, is it the lucky ones? Well, I, I just, mean, I can think of a couple of people that I know that probably aren't getting any, but but it, but I just mean in terms of like you know when your when your energy's been tapped all day with work and then your energy's been tapped with baby time. Yeah. How are you? Like, I can't wait to. That's probably that's probably my biggest struggle is just exhaustion. It's not that I don't find my husband attractive. I think my husband is incredibly hot. He's you very know? handsome. He's super handsome. He's super handsome. He's super funny. He's super alluring. Like there's, there's none of that is faded. I'm just fucking exhausted. Yeah. And I'm at this stage with the baby now where the baby's like separation anxiety. So even if Blair can handle the job, like change the diaper or get him dressed or whatever, the kid's throwing such a fit because he wants mommy, 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 mommy. Yeah. You know, that I I can't get the help, even if I, I want it. It's just, he's, Emerson's just demanding my time. What happens? Can parents, I don't even know, is it weird? Do parents have sex, like, with the baby in a crib in the corner of the room, or is that just well, weird? Well, he's, one thing we never did is we never let him sleep in the bed with us. We right. never co-slept. So he's always been in his crib in his own room. So and we that was just, by design, so he that doesn't... That was absolutely by design. So he doesn't think, like, oh, I should go in the bed whenever. yeah. And so there was, that was a line that I was not going to have crossed. And so, uh, so yeah, we went through a really hard phase of sleep training him, but now he's good. And so we shut the door and I do my Tomodachi life on my DS and Blair reads a couple comics and then we bang it out (laughs) and then we go to bed (laughs) and then we start it again the next day. (laughs) 
It's a couple comics. All right, let's do this. <laughs> We're gonna do this. Good night. But it has. I mean, See it has. It has taken a hit, <laughs> but I think it's on the upswing. Good. Because now we are getting full night's sleep, so we're not as exhausted. And we have a full-time babysitter because we both work. So even though it's work and you're still doing stuff, you're with adults. You're not with this irrational child, so you're not as, like, banging your head against that wall. Sure. So uh, a lot of that stress is gone. And so, yeah, it's just – it's it's changing. It's getting yeah. better. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just uh, not really knowing – I mean, like, people, you know, because there's some people that are just like, we got to have a kid every other year. And we'll get to two or three, and then we're done. And then yeah, and then and then we're done. But do you feel like one is your? Do you feel like one and done? Um, I I don't feel one and done. I feel one and maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't feel I'm not completely sold on not having another. I'm not completely sold on on um having only Emerson. I'd like to have a little girl, if nothing, because of the adorable clothes you can stick them in. It's like having a pet. Um, <laughs> they can't stop you. They can't. Than like, they are. you want frills? You're getting frills. No! <laughs> but, um, but I've also really seriously considered adoption. I did not like being pregnant, and I had a really hard time with that first six months, so I don't want to risk losing that time with my baby again. Mm-hmm. And I feel the thing that kind of also gave me the idea of adopting is that when we went home home to Blair's parents' house in Louisiana, we went out to eat. There was this couple behind us with, like, really th- three really adorable kids, like, super well-behaved, super cute, super, like, the family just loved each other, you can tell. And uh, we start Blair, who can make friends with the wall, started talking to them, and they let it be known to us that they were foster kids, that, that those were their foster kids. They were the foster parents. And I just thought, oh, God. Like these three kids, like I hope that they're, I don't really know if this is correct or not, but I think foster just means you're fostering them until somebody else adopts them. You could have just taken one right there, I think. Is that how that works? I, I don't know, but I you just, just claim like, one claimed? <laughs> dibs. Oh, um, oh, you called it. But what if, the, but I thought, like seriously, I thought like, what if that's not the case? Like what if they do get split up? That's going to be heartbreaking. And like, what if one of these kids who's so happy now ends up going to a shitty home? And then I thought, oh, well, there's so many kids that, oh my God, I think I might cry. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, I've got, so got mommy uh that's stuff. so sweet oh no, chris this is awful a second ago you were t- you had no. shit in your hands and period stuff no, and my god you're making dick jokes and now you're talking about kids i can i mean it's bipolar all over the place this but, is um, this is this is the this is the wonderful package that is jessica choke yeah Dick jokes one minute crying for foster children the <laughs> crying next. for foster kids the next but yeah. I, I did i was like oh that really sucks so maybe we'll adopt oh god mm-hmm. you know what you did you just gave this podcast a soul a second ago we were <laughs> Well, do you want me to take it away? Because I can tell you about the awful, awful fight I got within my neighbor yesterday. Yes. Tell me about your neighbor fight. All right. So we live right next to a park. And so one of my big problems, I still go to my therapist, not because of the depression, but because of um, <laughs> anxiety now in regards to mommy bear. I'm super mommy bear, like Kill Bill mommy bear style. And uh, we have this park that we live by that they've been renovating because the grass got torn up, blah, 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 blah. So they have it all cordoned off with this fence well the local kids I mean it's been the fence has been up for like six months all the grass is back so everybody's wanting to get in and some of the local kids like tore down some of the fence and people go in and use it so we were hanging out there and I'm like you know what I just want my kid to roam free I'm gonna bring him over there I'm gonna let him run across the field I'm not gonna worry about having him run into the street like this is good I can just like kind of relax because I'm always worried he's gonna hurt himself so I put him in there. It's Blair and myself and Blair's brother. And uh, this guy comes over to us and he's like, you guys can't be in here. And I instantly was like, 
and who the fuck are you? Whoa. <laughs> and he goes, I'm part of the neighborhood watch. And I'm like, sweet. Well, you can watch me enjoy my neighborhood because I live right fucking there and I'm going to use this goddamn park. And we got into it. He's, I'm like, yo, why don't you call the cops? I went crazy. I went crazy. Blair's like, babe, come on. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So why were you supposed to be in the park? I don't know. So when we first moved there, the park had been torn up because a lot of people were playing soccer there, like illegal, I guess, quote unquote, illegal organized soccer matches. Oh, yeah. It's very so illegal here in this country. <laughs> well, they were using the cleats. <laughs> oh. So they were tearing up all the grass. So everybody else, oh, oh, all wait, the neighbors. Organized soccer? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. All the neighbors were really pissed because nobody could. I mean, it's a huge section that nobody could play in. But you guys just, were not playing soccer at the time. No, no, no. And uh, so I guess the city, they, people complained enough that the city came in. They put up the fence and they resotted uh, everything and put in a couple whatever. Like made it nice, you know, and all the grass is now grown back and they just haven't torn down the fence yet. And so, so I don't know why that is. We're still not allowed in there. Unless they're hiding bodies or something, but I checked. I didn't see any. Okay. So, uh, except for the person, that guy that you murdered. Except for the one <laughs> that I threatened life and said. So how did this shake out? Uh, eventually became Blair dragging me back to the house while I screamed, fuck you, old man. I'm, <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, and him calling me a bitch. <laughs> to which I said, shut the fuck up. I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> Just knowing Blair. Yeah. He babe, was, come on. Come on. That's exactly what he said. Please. That's exactly the face he made. Babe, come on, babe. <laughs> come come on. on, babe. This we is, don't, it doesn't have to. This is ridiculous. I mean, come on. And in hindsight, yes, I was a complete ass master. But, but man, it means for a good story, and I felt really good yelling at him. <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> so what is your day like when you, like, how do you build, when you do Nerdist News, now that you're doing it mm -hmm. every day, like, what is what does your day consist of? Since I haven't, I'm not actually there watching you. Um, Because that'd be weird. Well, so I like to text Mike Shaw on my way in. Mike, who's the, I guess, executive producer of the show. So he was that the I, producer on Attack of the Show? Yeah. I like name. to text him on the way in saying I'm not coming in just to fuck with him. Mm -hmm. And then he panics for like three seconds and then I go, ha, 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 I'm on my way in. Do you guys want coffee? And then I get there and, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of like get ready with makeup and the hair and all that jazz. The writers kind of piece down the stories. Um, then we all go over it in the prompter and shoot it. It's really quick, actually. And uh, that's it. And then we, and yeah, toss some improv lines in there and, and we're good to go. How was your E3? E3 was fun. In fact, I want to cover, I've been pushing to cover more game stuff. I mean, because of the games background that I have, it's like my big passion. Um, so, hey, Chris, can we cover more game stuff? Uh, but Let e me check <laughs> with my boss. Oh, that's me. Sure. Um, but I, it was really nice. You know, it was cool to be able to uh, see more of E3 for a change. Like before, I'd always get assigned E3 events from G4. Yeah. I think last year I covered it for Microsoft, so I only got to really see and cover Microsoft stuff. Um, so I hadn't gone and enjoyed an E3 in a long time. And even though I was kind of locked into our booth for a good chunk of the day. I got to go to all the press conference. I got, you know, it really boils down to, I got to have an opinion on things. Whereas before I used to just be able to s read the script. Yeah. Or oh, at G4. 
at G4 and IGN. Because you're just making announcements, basically. Yeah, I was just I was just kind of regurgitating information, um, both for IGN and G4. They were both kind of set up like that for me. And so this is I, the and not only just for the E3 coverage, but most of the coverage that I do for Nerdist Now, including Nerdist News and anything else I've been doing, which is the podcast we're yeah. launching on Thursday. Yeah. Um, spooky shit, y'all. Um, is that, well, almost all the time the comments I hear is, whoa, I had no idea Jessica was this nice or funny or sarcastic or mean or whatever. But it's like, I'm happy to do it like, for any of those comments because it's nice that people actually are noticing. Well, oh, she's just not a talk. She's not just a talking well, head. Well, it's important that you, I mean, like, you know, my problem with, with G4 was, oh, I mean, and I absolutely adored working there for the yeah. four years that I was there. It was, I loved the group. I loved the channel. I loved the spirit of it. Um, obviously there were things that kept it from being the thing that it should be. There there were bigger issues. It's very expensive to run a channel. Very. That's, you know, G4 never really made money because it's so expensive to run a channel. That's why Cops and Cheaters is on all the time. People always took that personally. Like, will they run Cops and Cheaters? Like, so that they can make Attack of the Show. Yeah. And they don't get many shots throughout the year for original programming just because of budget reasons. And so that's why the original programming was so scant. Yeah. But um, but the thing about the thing about Attack of the Show because when I left, I went and um, the pilot that I initially did for Comedy Central was not at midnight. It, I pitched them a version of Attack of the Show where um, it was comedy was first and then information was second, and Attack was essentially CNN for the Geek Squad. So it was a, mm-hmm. it was it was information first and then and then comedy stuff. The spirit of it was really fun, mm-hmm. but ultimately it was a news program and X Play was a news program, and so. The comedy stuff couldn't get in the way of servicing <laughs> the delivery me. of information, but I always kind of wanted that to flip. And it's like, no, it's a comedy show, but this is the, but this is this is your the source material, yeah. Um, and so I think you know those approaches are philosophically slightly different. So that was always my thing with the show is that comedy stuff would get cut because they had to service the information first. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think anything. I think the media has changed not only just because of the internet, but just specifically games media too, has just changed where things like G4, things like Spike with uh, game trailers, even even the websites like IGN and stuff have really had to adjust the way that they approach coverage um, because it, it does cost a lot to try and support a channel on just one subject matter, basically. But then also from like the dot com perspective, you know, all of these developers and publishers are realizing that they don't need to have the media to really re- release their own videos or, right. you know, they don't need to have the media to release exclusives. They don't need to have those reviews per se. They can reach their audience directly through social media, you know, everything, you know, GoPros, whatever people, there's enough of a, all of that out there now that they can create their own content and they probably could have done that with the last generation of consoles for whatever reason they didn't, but now they've caught on with this generation. And so I think everybody's having to make a change. And I think the thing that's going to really keep Nerdist apart from the others is personality. Well, there's no, there's no question. You know, when I, I, when I, um, and I, I, I said this so many times, but the, the, but the original MTV, the MTV model was great. When I worked mm-hmm. there, where there was basically just this like justice league of personalities and everyone kind of had their own, thing and that's yeah. that's why you watched you because you couldn't you didn't really care about seeing the same music videos over I mean, and over i still it was remember like, some of those names tabitha soren tabitha soren did news was yeah. one she was, um, she was news with kurt loader kurt loader yeah, when i was there it was uh, bill bellamy kennedy um i remember bill bellamy yeah um uh, me who else was downtown there? julie brown i remember she was there before me 
down there was there was downtown Julie there was Wubba 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 Julie Brown and then there was redheaded Julie Brown. I remember redheaded Julie Brown. So downtown Julie Brown was was uh the was British and yeah, I remember yeah. her too. Mm-hmm. I almost reflexively said African American, African British, or as they would say in England, she's black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's actually more offensive when Americans try to be PC in England. Like, look at all these African Americans. They're like, oh, we're not fucking Americans, all right? Um, actually get, it's actually more offensive to people who are like, not Don't. American. Um, but uh, but uh, the, the this idea of personality driving, and and I think we're starting to have conversations more about now that we know how to do this daily show with Nerdist News. How do we make it more editorial, and how do we make it more about your personality and your opinions as opposed to because. News is essentially, it's almost disposable in a weird way because you can get, there's so many different places you can yeah. just get facts about things. Uh, and you guys have done such a great job of making it about personality. So, you know, are you interested in doing and exploring more of that and being more of you and having more of an editorial take on stuff? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I think um, for one, Nerdist News, I'd like to see it keep going. I'd like to try and expand it more. I'd like to have. Uh, like quick hit little bite size nuggets of information where like if we have breaking news, maybe we do like a quickie little like breaking news that necessarily isn't held for Nerdist. It's Nerdist news. It's like its own little independent offshoot. Sure. Kind of like, kind of like MTV when they had the MTV news updates yeah. or whatever they call it. I can't remember the, the official name, but you know, they'd pop on mid mid uh, show and give you the breaking news for whatever it was. They didn't necessarily wait till the next day i have so i think things like that would be really cool i have always had this dream and felt that nerdist news should also have um a foot on a television platform and and i know that you know i mean it it, just because of the audience everything's like oh maybe you should just be all digital but i really just feel like it shouldn't be one or the other but i feel like there should be a like i keep wanting to go to cnn and say yeah or someone and just say, like, give us an hour, you know, like, give us an hour a week or give us a half hour a day to cover this, you know, because we can do it and yeah. you can do it. And we have all these, you know, now that we're starting to expand the group with Malik Forte and Dan Casey and mm-hmm. Brian Walton and, and Kyle Hill and, uh, you know, that um, and, and Bowser, Andrew Bowser, that, that j- just like having this team cover this stuff in the voice and the way that we cover it, it, it really feels like that it there should be a TV version of it. And so I'm really trying hard to figure out who the right place is. Well, I certainly hope you find it because that means <laughs> Well, I have a couple That means ideas. a couple things for me, but um yeah, you know, the demographic is definitely you know what I love most is actually and this is going to sound like a but I really love the viewership. And I mean that sincerely because if you look when I was at IGN, we'd have uh, you know, in the comment section for our YouTube comments or whatever, even our IGN comment page um, was just like boobs, for, you know, and oh, like did you say boobs, boobs, oh, yeah. yeah, and just you know a lot of like immature stuff, which it, uh, you just can't learn to, to kind of let it go roll off your back, and you've come to accept it, and just so that's the way the internet is. But I, I actually feel like we get legit feedback from commenters on Nerdist News. Well, and and. and like a lot of back and forth and like real support. And it's weird. They like police themselves. If somebody starts getting a little ridiculous on there and getting like super racist or super sexist or super or just nasty in general, like people check them. Well, that's how you know that there's like a real quality to a show is that when people care about it that much to sort of to, to you know, foster it like a child you saw at a restaurant. <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't cry. Ooh. Don't cry. <laughs> um, no! 
but uh, uh, that that there's something there's something really special about it. And I the, the, I filled in for you once, which was hilarious because I you know I did it and it went up and like one of the first comments was like who the fuck is this guy and that tickled me <laughs> so much I was I laughed so hard at that <laughs> because because what it meant to me was that. You guys had created this thing that was, you know, because I always get confused with Nerdist. The, 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 I mean, I, it's a weird. It's like I, it is my Twitter handle. It's my Instagram. I am that, but it's bigger than me. I mm-hmm. always wanted it to be bigger than me. And it was like one of the... One of those things, it was like, it's bigger than me. Yeah. This guy doesn't, he just thinks I'm some fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, like the guy from Talking Dead came over to Nervous News. <laughs> What's and this I guy was, doing here? Yeah, and I was so, and actually, I was really, I almost thanked the guy. He would have no idea why, and I wouldn't have been sarcastic about it. But, um, you know, like just watching stuff kind of take on a life of their own, and, you know, but it's so important to keep infusing personality and, gr- and growing it and making it your voice. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so. I just feel like there's 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 still real value in television. I think with G4, it was in such a it was buried in such a deep channel package mm-hmm. that the audience who would watch G4 is, is not gonna you know is not gonna pay extra to also get the Golf Channel or yeah. whatever else came with it, and so it it just um it 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 just had bad placement. It just it was slightly inaccessible for the audience that it was going for. Yeah. And yeah, a little bit, yeah. So that's why I think putting it on some sort of mainstream television platform, but then still creating the digital content as bytes or separately or exclusives or whatever. But I really want to see you guys. I really, 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 really want to get that on television somewhere. I really want you to, too. I know. I'm sure you Get do. on it. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. But it, it, you know, it's just, it really just takes the right television outlet. I'm going to say a brave and forward-thinking television outlet to look around and go, you know, because a lot of these, a lot of these grown-up news shows just cover things the way they cover them. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm always fascinated because they always go like, "Oh, we don't have 18 to 34. We don't have the 18 to 30 year old demographic." Like, yeah, because you have older people talking about these things yeah. in a way that their parents talk about them. Like, it's like they approach it from a very us and them type of thing, and it, it needs to be approached from a we. This is our us, not yeah. us and them, us and us. It's this weird I, I've noticed it's this weird where they wanna where they wanna touch upon the subject matter, but they, they just don't know how to speak about it for whatever reason, that they're just not into it, they're just the the age difference is too much, whatever the case may be. I mean, did you see the Peter Molyneux tweet of um I can't remember what news outlet it was, but said like Nintendo releases the PlayStation four or something crazy from this at past E three where it was completely the wrong information in the headline and uh that just goes to prove like they're trying to go for it but they don't really know where they're going with it and yet i think they kind of dismiss it as well it's it's this odd it's ridiculous that he didn't know that yeah. he kind of released a sega dreamcast <laughs> it's like was that dumb. what it was that what it was no i just uh, it was something thing. like yeah i think it was something like nintendo releases the playstation 4 or it has new ps4 games and i'm like what and who is he who is he sending that to like, it was on it was like in a newspaper oh jesus christ yeah, and so Molyneux saw it and tweeted it out and was like, and this is the problem with general media covering events like this. That's and why... It is. That's why they should hit us up because we actually know what we're talking about. We have about. the production experience. We have the know-how. We know what we're fucking talking about. Come on, television. And it's not a kid's... Like, this is not a kid's necessarily hobby anymore. When you're selling game consoles at like 600 bucks a pop and games at 60 bucks a piece... You know, or AAA titles, however you want to, because you got your indies and they're a little cheaper. But you get my point. Um, that's not that's not just 
a child's hobby. Well, it's not, and not only that, but I think I think you know the inherent value of just like you said with your dad. That's how you guys bonded. That's totally. That's how Chloe and her dad bonded. Yeah, playing. but you always hear the shit stories about oh, kids are shooting up because they play too much Call of Duty. Well, what about the father? And daughter relationship that grew. It all boils down to, uh, you know, your responsibility as a parent. Totally. And video games can be amazing if you're if you're a responsible parent. If you're engaged. If you're not a responsible parent, video games are not the thing that fucked your kid up. Something was going to get that kid. Yep. Sooner or later. That's whether it was I, backward masking on record albums or <laughs> or devil worship. Elvis dancing in front of the t- television. Like it's just. I'll never be the person that says, and I, and I stick with this, I will stick with this till the day that I die. There is no excuse for parents to complain about games giving their children bad ideas to go do awful things because there are parental controls on the consoles, there are parental controls built into your TVs now, there are warning labels on all of your games, you have to have a license to even purchase them. Yes, probably your children, if she, they really wanted to go out there and get it, will find it, but if they're trying that hard to get on something you've told them no to multiple times and you have no idea what the hell is going on, then that lies in your lap. Well, I also, Nobody else's. I also feel like, you know, things, things like games, things are inherently neutral. They don't have any value except for the value that people place on them. So if someone has the right value system going into something, they're not going to interpret that thing as... This is what I should go, you know, like they're just, they need the, they need the right value system in place <clears throat> in order to process those yeah. things. Because my, um, um, my parents let me watch all kinds of stuff when I was a kid and all sorts of you know, like, the, you know, my, the reason I became obsessed with standup is because I didn't have any, my, my parents didn't censor. I mean, like I couldn't watch porn, yeah. but, um, uh, uh, although my dad did let me watch a, a nudie movie when I was in like 14 years old, but anyway. Um, he's dead now, so you can't get mad at him. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, you can't get mad. It's not going to do anything. Yeah. Nothing's going to um, happen. But, uh, but just the idea that, you know, if you have, if you have, if you have good values going into something, it doesn't mean that you're going to take it in a, you know, you're probably going to take it in a better direction yeah. than if you didn't. Um, but you know, I'm fucking, I'm well, talking just, out of the side of my face because I don't have kids, so I don't know. Just to play devil's advocate. I've only had one time where I've played a game that I walked out and was like, the first thing I saw were targets and that would be Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> and I had been playing, it wasn't, it was Grand Theft Auto 4, the one, the one Nico Bellic, what that was for, right? And, uh, I was in San Francisco and for whatever reason, it just really just all, perfectly aligned itself and i walked out after playing like a huge amount of it at what out of my apartment and looked around and was like i literally saw targets like oh if i did this this would have and, and that's was, when you went on the and that's straight. when i was like whoa now i can kind of see the angle of that argument but still you have the more the morals in in check because you were raised properly that's what stopped me from going and getting well, got, and time, also was, the fact that i'm 30 something years old and i can play a game like that and know the difference between right and wrong i was shooting portal holes and things you know for a long time <laughs> it's just you know you just start thinking about that you start thinking in portals yeah that's what happens mm-hmm. so what were you excited to see coming out of e3 oh the order what is it the order 1886 i really i'm loving this like early 1900s vibe that everybody seems to be picking up on and i love the fact Bioshock. and maybe i'm gonna get this wrong but when i first saw the trailer i was like god 
damn it, zombies a fucking Ken. And then he morphed into a werewolf and was like, that, That's exactly what the sound I made, actually, by the way. And I probably blew everybody's ears out I with that one. Love, Sorry, Katie. <laughs> I love, I mean, just in terms of that, that early 1900s aesthetic, like, I, I, it, I'm so bummed that I've finished all the Bioshock games because it's just... It's so good. It's a world I just want to go hang yeah. around in. Come join me in the order. It's like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen video game. That's what it looks like. I haven't gotten I any hands on. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen well, movie. you know, I actually like kind of like the movie. Come on, you guys. Doctor Jekyll, I presume. Do you really? Do you really, really though? Yellow pit. Cap off Sean Connery's career. <laughs> Sean is not why I was Should watching. Should have been great. Could have been great. I really liked what's his name. Um, that used to be Charlie's Thrones' uh, boyfriend, husband. They never actually got married, but they were dating forever. Tony Danza? No. Oh, I wanted to be that. I know. I to be that. He was Lestat in um, in uh, the Queen of the Damned. That's like his. That's seriously his two movies that I am aware of. I don't even know this actor's name. Yeah. The minute, the minute, it's gonna, be, you're gonna be like, oh. LXG. But anyway, he played Stuart Townsend, oh. and he played uh, Dorian Gray in the in the movie, and I really like the idea of Dorian Gray. You know, it is, you know, like, the, and also the, his body uh, and Stuart Townsend. <laughs> that idea of the uh, same in that type the... vagina. What? <laughs> <laughs> the, basically, the Laugh Olympics of steampunk. Uh, you know. Uh, superhero like fictional characters fucking i you know i still i league of strange originals are great but i every, every, like once a year i fucking watch underworld and underworld underworld's 2. great it man. is great and i even like underworld too it gets a little weird after that once but i rise. yeah the rise of the lichens yeah is i pretty, skipped that one weird. well i mean and, i saw it but i didn't like it and then there was the one where um celine has the baby that she had with michael but he's not scott speedman's not in the movie but then they're just That's tracking tried to do yeah. Oh, I don't remember. I didn't, I don't even think I saw that one. Well, I Underworld only saw Awakening. Yeah. Oh, I saw the first one, the second one. I saw Rise of Lichens, and that's where I cut it off. It was like the no. Second, the second one's really funny because it. I do like it. I do like it a lot. I do like the whole evolution liken thing. It. I liken it. I liken it too. <laughs> um, I like this whole Alexander Corvinus. I like that. That I like all the steampunk shit. I I think I think it's great, but it's obvious that. They had story problems because there are so many points in that movie where they're just exp- they're, the exposition is just in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Where they go to see basically the historian Tannis, and they're in his they're in they're in they're in his exile, and he's like, and, and then he goes, um, and so he knew that the location, and the, the, therefore the, er, the he knew that the exact location of this thing would be <laughs> in your blood, and this is the key, like everything. Is, <laughs> but it's just when he says, and therefore the exact location. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> Just in case you had any doubt. Why don't you just fucking hold a spoon to the fucking camera when you're talking? (laughs) Still, I still enjoy it. I still enjoyed it a whole lot. And fucking Bill Nye, come on! Who doesn't love... Not Bill Nye, Bill Nye. Nye? I No, it's Bill Nye, and then I think Bill Nye. Nye. Like, it's it's, it's if you're Australian and you say Bill Nye, that's to say Nye. Nye. (laughs) I believe you. Bill Nye is the most interesting way of talking. Like it's this—I've never heard anyone with a cadence like Bill Nye. Good impression. Oh, 
I loved you like a daughter, but I cannot protect you. Like, it's the strangest. <laughs> and then she's trying to explain, like, oh, but I had to bring you back because uh, Craven's up to all this crazy shit. And he's like, oh, oh, Wait, is that the oh. one with the baby? Because I did see that one. No, the baby is number four, okay. I think. Baby's number four. Rise of the Lycans is like the... the that's that was the, the mom thing, and, that's yeah, Celine's like mom or whatever. Oh mm. God! Oh, Why? Anyway, we got off on a weird underworld tangent. Yeah, um, I'm real so sorry. yes, uh, uh, the order, and I really want to play Alien Isolation. Are are you? I didn't get to play it on the Morbius. I want to so bad. I just like pooped a little. What? Just now? Just now, like a little turtling, just poked out, <laughs> just out of excitement. The, the concept of playing that Morbius is like give you some, give you um, like little turtle head, slight turtling, <laughs> just a, like literally just a little nose part. Beep. And then and then back in. And then back in. And it's like. Ah. Oh. Oh, not yet, not yet. Oh, my fears are... Not yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. But soon there will be a reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that one too. This was fun. What else do you... Um, what, what, what else do you want to see happen with Nerdist News and what can I do to help manifest that? But obviously besides the television part, which I'm working on. Well, you know, I think right now... Um, while we found our voice, uh, you know, it's it's we're still trying to grow the viewership, and so that's I think our biggest struggle is just trying to let people know that we're there, that we're fun. Like you want to tune into us, you know. It's always hard being the new kid on the block. Um, oh, which oh, we could, oh, I know. I actually I, just, I forced you myself got the not right to stuff. do that, but we so do bad. we do have the right stuff. Damn it! The way you say the news, and uh, so yeah. That's a pro- that's probably that's probably the 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 challenge we're up against right now is just to get more eyeballs, which I think will come with time and also with some really good um well consistent awesome hosting by yours truly. But then also like you know just uh, making some deals, getting some coverage. Yeah. I'd love to do some exclusives. I'd love to get a little bit more because I'm into it. So, you know, games coverage, but mm-hmm. we've got Malik doing his stuff. So that'll come with time. I think I thought the E3 coverage was definitely a step in the right direction to like really put ourselves out there as this is something we'll take seriously and continue to take seriously. Well, it's kind of fun because, you know, at G4, you're basically, I mean, at G4, you're somewhat of a segment producer as the host because you still have to, you know, it's such a bare bones operation, especially mm-hmm. when you're doing remote stuff that you really do. You do, you did take a, you did help kind of shape the material, but it must be fun to actually be a, like you're legitimately a producer on this thing in terms of like, it's your, yeah. you're, you know, you are all carrying out this vision. I mean, I feel like everybody's kind of the producer on it because everybody has really valid pros and cons to things that we do. And we all work together to really figure out what the best meshing of it would be. And it's, I've had a lot of fun working with everybody. It reminds me a lot of when I first started where you're super excited, you're super stoked, everything is awesome, everything is fun, everything is fun all, you know, but um, the, the bonus to that that I didn't have when I started is that I come with experience now and all the people that we have on staff come with experience. So it's not like we're just 
wildly trying to find our way and see what sticks, there's actually a battle plan that we can, you know, adhere to. And if we need to change it, we can without there being any major upsets. And so there's really like very little ego, which is great. There's very little, it's like all team building. It's it's awesome. Well, I think, you know, with YouTube, it's the, the, the challenging part about YouTube is that because it's essentially a crowdsourced platform. So it doesn't, you know, your, your core audience is there. Yeah. You're, you found, you've sort you've sort of found the hardcores and it will incrementally grow over time Yeah, because that's just, that's the, the more you do it, the more consistency. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, um, YouTube, I think is a platform of superlatives. And so it's like the best this or the craziest this, because ultimately mm-hmm. the stuff that pops the most on YouTube is shared the most. And so someone might watch Nerdist News and go, this was great, but may not necessarily go, I have to send this to everyone I know. Yeah. And if your core audience decided they needed to send it to everyone they knew, you would see, I think, you know, the order is magnitude. <laughs> in the, it, but it's just about, you know, if, if you like something on YouTube, it's helpful if you want it to continue to share that thing yes. with people. Because it just every time some it's not just liking something it's it's like it's a share yeah every time you share something with someone it just gives it a little bit of a boost you know and, it, and then when that happens it goes up a little bit in the youtube rating system so that it shows up more in the sidebar it's you know mm-hmm. so it's 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 not just likes but it's really shares there are the kind of the most that, that's the lifeblood of of that's youtube like that's what makes it work cuz yeah. people don't just in the old days, people just go to YouTube.com and be like, what's in store for me today? But yeah. YouTube got rid of all that. So it's, you know, now you have these tailor-made homepages that tell you a bunch of shit you probably already like. So it, it doesn't, like the sharing mechanism, you know, like that's that falls on the user. And so you can't, that's a very hard thing to control. Yeah. Do like kindergarten and learn how to share. 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 Sharing is caring. We did a lot of good sharing today. We did. We really did. You guys know a lot about me now. We do know a lot about you. A lot. About I didn't me. really say anything that personal. I, don't I mean, like. is there anything you want to know about me before? I'll, I'll... Yeah. Okay. Um, anal. Not as in, do you want to do it to me? But I'm asking, have you ever done it? <laughs> when you asked that question, I thought you were like, <laughs> like, hey, proposition. No, no, I thought you were asking me, like, um, uh, can I put something in your butt? I no, no, I, I also found that that sounded like that, so I decided to uh, shift that. <laughs> <laughs> have I ever done anal? I don't think. You don't think? We'll just leave it at that. Maybe... I think that that's maybe your best answer. <laughs> Well, I've never, I've never had anything up mine. I've never had anything up there. That's never happened. But I feel like maybe when I was like 19, my girlfriend at the time was like, let's try it. And then immediately it was like, abort, abort. Um, so I, I don't. Oh, like, oopsies. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, I think it immediately was like, oh, yeah, this isn't um, a thing that I'm ready to undertake. And so I just, I've never really pursued it because I largely think that it's um I, I feel like if someone really is into that, they would say, Hey, please do this. Yeah. And not, hey, can I do this to you? Because <laughs> there's an eighty five percent chance that you're not you're gonna, gonna no. want to do it and it's not pleasurable or enjoyable. And so I but I so I don't know. All right, so serious question. Compared to your experiences at G four, do you find that do you find that like b- doing the Nerdist channel, you're 
coming across a lot of problems that maybe or or benefits that you didn't expect or knew even existed on the production side of things? Um, the production side of things, I feel like we have down pretty well because we have a fucking amazing team. Our head mm-hmm. of production, Seth Laterman's amazing. We have a bunch of, you know, we have a bunch of great people like Mike Shaw and Andrew Bowser and a bunch of uh, a bunch of people and, and Jacob Strunk. And it just like we have great editors. We have great shooters. We have great, um, you know, we just have gr- a great content creators. And I think one of the things that I'm you know, really, really proud of about the company is, uh, I, I don't know how much it has to do with me, but just there's something about the spirit of it that people, it attracts really good people. And yeah. it attracts really good people who seem to give a big shit about it. Like they really, they seem to really care about this thing. Everybody that, at the office is very passionate. That we're making. And I mean, and, and that's what I love, the spirit of that, because that's the most important thing. I mean, it really is the most important thing. If you know, I'm, I'm sure it's a grind for people because it's just, it just is, it's fucking work. Yeah. But, but, but ultimately the fact that people seem to care about it and hopefully have the creative freedom to kind of express themselves. And I, and I, I don't, I do my best not to micromanage people. It's like, Oh, if this is your vision, then do, do, do that's you know better than I do. I know mm-hmm. what my, I would do, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a great collection of, Really cool people. I mean, but, you know, challenges are the same challenges that G4 had, but just on a smaller scale, which is it costs money to give away free content. Yeah. So how do sponsorships figure in? Well, sponsorships figure in, you know, when subscribers are higher and viewership is, you know, higher and shares are higher and engagement's higher. And so mm-hmm. then it's you're constantly in this race where you're just nosing a little bit ahead. And it's like, oh, you know, the sponsorships got bigger so we can do bigger stuff or this happened. So we just moved a little bit forward. Yeah. And so it, it, it really is the it really is that idea of, you know, not you don't you know, you don't want to sell out just to have sponsors and money. I mean, I, you know, I I don't really, I really just don't think about it that way, Yeah. but you still want to be able to scale up so that you can reach the widest audience possible so that you can, uh, continue to make the thing that you love. And that's really what it is. It's the everyday, you know, I'm sure at G4 it was, I'm sure they did love it, but there was this sort of like, it is our duty because we are hired to do this, to keep this channel, on the air mm-hmm. for me it's it, it's a slightly different philosophical approach which is how long and how much can i continue to facilitate the making of things that i enjoy or the things that people enjoy making and unfortunately you know uh, the, the money is a drives that engine in a lot of ways yeah. because that's how you get to make the stuff you like and that's how you get it out to more people. It's a vicious circle. So, I think the, you know, the I think the trick is to not try to scale up too fast so that you're not that you're not um trapped by the financial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that's hopefully. I mean, I think everything we do has been an organic outgrowth of everything else. The website begat many contributors that begat podcast which begat a podcast network which begat a video channel which begat many shows which begat nerdist news and now a television production entity and it was it wasn't just like let's do all this at once yeah it's like oh we're doing this why couldn't we do this oh we're able to do that was that always your master plan or did this come kind of come as a surprise and you just saw the opportunity and then jumped on board i think it was well i think it was i think it was both in the beginning it really was i'm going to start a blog about things that I care about because performer blogs are dumb and they just say like, here's where I'm performing. Yeah. And then your bio. And I was sort of, 
I had just sort of started, uh, who's podcasting whom now? Uh, <laughs> I had just kind of had, had this idea in 2007 that I was only going to work on stuff that I cared about because uh-huh. I have this much experience and I have, I'm, you know, I have comedy experience and hosting experience, and, but I was never really pursuing the types of content that I, that I wanted. So I said, I'm only going to, you know, I'm only going to do the kind of co- this content that I want. And a way to do that is I'm going to start a blog and it's going to be about me in the sense that it's about all these things that I like. There just so happens to be this parallel in my mind, like this parallel pop culture movement that was growing at the time. And so it wasn't that I was like, Oh, you know, all this nerd shit's popular now. It's just that I realized like all these things that I would not have been able to do five years ago because it would have been considered too niche yeah. Now I think I can actually do it and reach enough people that might give a fuck about it. And so that's that's really all it was. And at the time I always I always envisioned that someday there's going to be like you know, a specific tech nerdist and a specific game nerdist and a specific this that I always wanted to be bigger than me. Yeah. Um and so or bigger than I if I'm being grammatically um I'm never sure how that works. I believe it's bigger than I. Because I think ultimately you're saying it's bigger than I would be big. Okay. Um, so, uh, but I'm sure if that's not true, uh, maybe someone on the internet will correct me. Jessica, would you say Jessica and I are going to the store or Jessica and me are going to the You would say store? I, because if you lose Jessica, you would just say I am going to the, I'm store. Going to the store. You wouldn't say me, I'm going to the store unless you're a Bigfoot. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. And so I always wanted it to, but then just, as with anything, what I realize is like, you know, once you start down a path and once you make a decision and once you have some focus and direction, that um, the most important thing about starting it and being consistent is that along the way, all answers just start revealing themselves to mm-hmm. you. And so it's like when I put the call out for more contributors, like 500 people submitted and I had to hire someone to help go through the submissions. And oh, pick, nice. Like, and then I, you know, I, ha- I had a, my friend Perry Simon, who I used to work with in, at, in radio. Like, he's a brilliant, uh, he's just brilliant. So I was like, can I pay you to edit? And he said, sure. And I started the podcast. And I'm like, well, I'll just link that. You know, I'll just keep everything the same name. It's the same voice. It's the same general idea. And it just all started, you know, it's like water level. When, it, when one kind of rose, they all sort of, you know, because they were all connected. Mm-hmm. But having G4 as a television platform was very helpful because they weren't really paying me that much there. And they had, so I had a lot of freedom. And so part of the deal was just let me promote my thing. Yeah. And they did. And that helped. Yeah. So, you know, it really was just trying to see like stepping back every once in a while and go, how do these things connect? This connects to TV this way. This is the podcast. If we do more of this, this can connect back to the website. Let's pitch this thing. This can be that. And, yeah. It's and like playing a game. It's exactly playing a game. Yeah. You're playing a game. You're playing the game of life. I'm playing SimCity. Yeah, you that, are. SimCity was one of my favorite games. I played it on Will Wheaton's fucking PowerBook in 1992, <laughs> maybe, or three. Like just this black and white version of SimCity mm-hmm. on his on his PowerBook. And it was always one of my favorite games. And so... That is, you know, so the soul of Nerdist is game is a game. It's a it's it's based on an, on a re-expression of a game that I loved when I was growing up. Yeah. I think anybody that's fortunate enough to do to work with what they love 
is playing that game. They, that's why they're into it, is that they start moving the pieces and all this. They try to find which piece fits best it's in re, which It's slot. resource building. Yeah. It's resource. You break ground, you put in the pipes, you put in the electricity, totally. you put in a house, you put in a train station, you put in an industrial zone. And it just grows. And it just starts growing. And then you build another town, you connect those by a fucking highway, and then you put in the airport and the Space Needle. You know, <laughs> like, it's fucking great. Yep. Totally agree. So that's that's ultimately... I, I ended this podcast by talking a lot about myself, but... Um, but but just to answer your question that I, I I had a vision to make it bigger. I obviously didn't see the specific ways, but all of the things. I mean, I would make plans and I would write down this is what I want and this is what I want to see. There's something really interesting and powerful, and and it's not. I'm not mystical about this, but there's something about when you write things down, when you write your goals down, and you write down how you see them in detail playing out and why they're important to you. And you give them sort of an emotional reason why they're important to you. Mm -hmm. Something weird happens. Like I, I I found old notes from like five, six years ago that I had forgotten about just lists of things. I'm like, Oh, I'm doing that. I did that. I did that. That happened. This happened and more like it's fucking crazy. Yeah. I don't do the lists. I should do the lists because I would be much more organized. I don't do the list, but I do. I, it has occurred to me now that enough time has passed in my life that I'm able to like look back and really see some significant changes in like where the crosses had occurred. And I'm like, oh, that thing that I, that I dreamt about wanting to do growing up at this particular point has happened. It yeah. came true. And then when I hit that point and I dreamt another dream of doing a step above that, oh, that's happened. And then, you know, and I'm just, it's weird. You can just literally follow... The path. Yeah. Yeah. You And, you know, again, goals, I think, are just a um, – they're just a – they're just like a flag. It's like a it's, a – it's a roadmap. It's not – well, it's roadmaps. And I, it doesn't have to be exactly that goal. Yeah. But it just gives you something to aim for. And you can be – you know, you can be flexible. You can change your mind. You can take a right turn if you want to. You mm-hmm. can abandon it if it's like – if you start doing it, you go, oh, this is, I, this is not fun. But but ultimately, like having some type of guidance system or structure in place is is, is very very helpful because it just sort of you know it just sort of keeps you on track and it helps. When I decided that I only wanted to work in this in this sphere of stuff that I loved, mm-hmm. um, it 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 instantly cut off a lot of other stuff that I otherwise would have wasted my time on just trying to survive. Gotcha. So it was easy to say no to certain things. Yeah. You know, I could have hosted a million like home and garden shows. Like I used to get offers to host and then I used to go, no, because it's not about the thing that I love. And ultimately, you know, I got to live with it. That's a ballsy move. Well, it was, but then it's not at the same time. I think it's, I almost think it's riskier to do it the other way because Hmm. it, because when you have focus and direction, you're going to find like, you'll find those opportunities. But when you're just directionless, then you're just trying to pull from anything in the world, which is just too much. Like yeah. you need, you need focus. You just, you need focus. And it gave me, it gave me very specific focus and, you know, and, and I, and I wanted it to be about shit I cared about because you have to live with it every day. And Absolutely. it's, you can't, you, you can fake it for like a year. Maybe you could fake it for six months or a year, but after a while, if you fucking ha- if you don't like, nobody your- will pay you enough to make you happy. No. And because even if you don't, Although I'm not against trying. (laughs) Totally not. I just want to throw that one out there. But yeah. Even if you don't totally sabotage it, you'll just get bored with it and your attention will get pulled somewhere else because that's just what you do. But when you really love your, when you really love what you're doing, you work seven days a week because you just want to manifest, you just want to make it happen. See, I feel like I'm at the crossroads now where I can probably have a good 
maybe another five years hosting. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Just because I'm getting older, you know, and women's shelf life's a lot shorter, especially in this particular industry. Um, and so I don't. That sucks. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking at it as in a defeatist manner. I'm trying to look at it as a real, a realistic possibility of that happening. But if it doesn't, I'm thrilled. You know, I'm kind of the person where I, I'm, I make myself aware of the thing that could potentially not go the way that I want so that if it doesn't go the way that I want, I'm not disappointed. I expected that. But if it goes the way that I want, because I'll keep on working towards succeeding. Sure. Then I'm extra, extra happy because sure. I did it. So it's this, it, it's a way of protecting myself from protecting like, your emotions. disappointment. But, um, but realistically, in five years, you know, I mean, hey, if I can host, awesome. That's great. And I'll keep doing it. But probably not. So what am I going to do? And that, that's where I'm finding myself now is where do I want to go? Because I don't ever want to leave the gaming industry or the for lack of a better phrase, the quote unquote nerd industry or geek industry. I don't, I I love this stuff. It's just where in that do I want to find my part two of my career? Right. So, well, I think a lot of that, you know, I, I think male or female, it's important to, and one of the things why nerds is very important to me, it was just creating something that will live on hopefully beyond when I can be of service to it. Yeah. It's, it really is instead of being a hired gun where you have, not a lot of control whether someone's going to – why they're going to pick you or yeah. what, what what job's going to come along. It's it's the idea of like being the creator yourself so you just have more control over over what you're doing and you just have you know, yeah. more control over your destiny. So I, you know, for me, that's that was that was kind of the thing. I didn't know if I was ever going to get hired again to host anything or you know, yeah. do anything. So Yeah, it's weird. Everybody always asks me like, why don't you become an actress? And one, I can't act. But if I could, the answer to that with two is I don't, I don't like that feeling of walking into a room to audition and having some stranger make a decision on me and my skill set or my personality in like two seconds or even something as shallow as, oh, we just don't like the way she looks. Like I, I could not have, I could not do that in a million years. It would drive me nuts. It's no fun. I remember those days. Yeah. I'm so glad they're Even over. Even hosting, you get that a little bit. I don't think as much maybe as acting, but... Yeah, I know, but when you walk into a room for hosting, you're pretty... You have a pretty strong... I'm sure you have a pretty strong sense of, like, this is what I do. Yeah. For you, me... You know what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For me, it got to a point where I was like, this is what I do. I'm going to do this audition the way that I would do the job. I'm not going to do it the way I think you want it. That yeah. might be what you want. I don't know. But if... I'm going to do it the way I want to do it because if you don't want that, then I'm not your guy. Yeah. You know? So... I actually think the better for anybody starting off in hosting or acting, if that's that, if that's the mentality you walk in with, you're the better for it. I think it's going to save you a lot of mental anguish. I agree. I agree. Because if you do get the job in your best case scenario, but then you don't get to be yourself, mm-hmm. then, you know, I mean, again, you could people, fake it for a while, yeah, but then after know. a few years... I know this sounds crazy, but the money doesn't matter if you're not happy. It just doesn't matter if you're not happy doing what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, it was wonderful talking to you. Nice talking to you Great guys. Great job on Nurse Thanks. News. Thanks. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just keep 
we'll keep at it and keep driving people to it. And hopefully, if a uh, if an intelligent uh, television platform out there feels like they want to, in my opinion, not even really take a risk on some of the biggest things that people pay attention to, mm-hmm. like video games and uh, spe- this specific sector of entertainment uh, and comics and science and all those things, um, then. Um, then don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> then hit us up. Um, do, do you ever want to be on my podcast? Of course I'll be on your podcast. Do you have scary stories? I have scary stories. Your scary Sweet. stories podcast. My scary stories podcast. Which is starting soon where people come on and tell ghost stories. Yeah, basically. Or, or scary stories. Well, personal, personal, weird, effed up, crazy stories. Yeah. It could be UFOs. It could be conspiracy theories. It could be paranoia. It could be ghosts. It could be hauntings. It could be whatever you want it to be as long as it's weird. My friends and I used to sit in a, just sit in this bar when, when I used to, um, when alcohol was my blood. And, um, we would uh, we would tell the fucking kinds of ghost stories where just this like table full of dudes would you just start tearing up a little bit you're like oh fuck no shit That's no perfect. no like I've got some I've got some stories like that perfect All right, I'm gonna good. be hitting you up alrighty um, scary stories nurse news nurse news it's uh, it's actually called spooky shit. Oh, spooky shit, not yeah. scary stories. Not, well, they are yeah, scary they stories. They are scary stories. But spooky shit. But it's called spooky shit. And uh, Nurse News and Jessica underscore Chobot on Twitter. No, that's been changed. When? Y- yesterday. Well, this is news. I got my full name back. So you're just Squatter Jessica Chobot. Squatter be damned. I am now just at Jessica Chobot. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. It only took seven years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I often call um, <laughs> Chloe Clobot. She'd be like, it's that's really close to Chobot. I go, I know, but it's, but it's but it's not. Yeah, yeah. I can't help oh, it. Let me make sure that this is not my kid. So, uh, oh, it's my husband. All right. Oh, put him on speakerphone. I was gonna say, let me put him on speakerphone. Get out, babe. Hey, hey, you're on speakerphone with Chris, and you're being recorded for a podcast. Oh God, my mom's a What's wrong? Ha! Wait a minute. Ironically enough, we didn't talk about your penis today. Oh yeah, hold the mic. Oh, up sorry, thing. I gotta hold it up. Sorry. Can I can I ask him about the thing that you said about when you guys met and he kept saying to you and then you yeah, didn't believe absolutely. Him? Go ahead. Hey Blair, is it true um, that when you first met Chobot and she didn't really want to have anything to do with you in a romantic way, that you would every once in a while go, you know, I'm gonna fuck you, right? Yeah, I can confirm that she didn't even paraphrase that. That's verbatim. <laughs> 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 what gave you such confidence, Blair? Uh, I think at that point, it was just desperation, <laughs> knowing that I would never do any better. So I just continued to throw myself at her until she finally said yes. Good. You just earned some points, my yes, friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I don't want to interrupt the podcast, guys. Jess, I was just wondering when I can start barbecuing because I'm starving. Oh, go ahead, babe. I'll be there soon. We're just wrapping up. All right. Yeah, we're all going to come over. I'm, yeah, I'm, we're going to go eat right barbecue. Now, so come over. Bring it over the whole podcast audience. Oh, you guys want to come? Hey, yeah, uh, Blair. I got enough. Why don't you why don't you why don't you tell people to enjoy their burrito at the end of the podcast? Hey guys, do me a favor and please enjoy your burrito. Blair Herder, Jessica Chobot, power couple. Bye, awesome babe. People. Bye, sweetie. Right. I'll be home. Love hey, you. Blair. Blair, I'm I totally gonna you, fuck you. I love you too, Chris, in a different way, but I still love you. Well, I'm totally gonna fuck you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> totally gonna fuck him. I'm cool with that. Okay. We actually have a deal. Oh, not with you specifically. Not with you specifically, but he's always been like, I don't, you know, I just, I don't want to be in a three way. But if you could just get with a girl so I can watch it, I'd be really cool. And I'm like, listen, here's the deal. If you want me to get with a girl, I'm cool with that. 
but then you gotta let a dude suck your dick, <laughs> and I get to watch, and I get to watch. If this is the if this is the give and okay, take, wait, wait. that's so what let me it ask is. You, what what? Did... So you would be you would be sucking some cock. Oh, what do I get out of that? <laughs> Blair Herders, Blair Herders, cocky mouth. Yeah. <laughs> is that what he meant by making? And possibly barter? those itchy balls that he's been talking about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, so would would would, would the payment have to come first? Would would do you just suck the dick and get out of the way? No, no, but does he just suck the dick and get it out of the way so then he can enjoy your thing? Or is like, does he make you do your thing first and then you're like, all right, and then he tra- oh. just like keeps putting it off like jury duty? Oh, can I put it on like jury know. duty to like Thanksgiving week or something? I don't know. You know, we actually have never thought of that, but that is definitely something to work out. Okay. Well, you guys work it out. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Work it out. Um, and uh, good to see you. Good to see you too. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I'm not going to suck for her dick. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.